Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapters 18 through 19 called Oracles Concerning Ethiopia and Egypt. Now I'm not much of a fisherman, but I was coaxed into fishing this last Friday. And the reason I'm not much of a fisherman is I like active sports. To me, it is not a sport to throw your line into the water and then just sit in the chair. That is not, but anyway, to make it even worse, I never catch anything. So I don't know what this excitement is all about. I could sit anywhere. I could sit and watch a ball game. Why am I going to sit and stare at water? And I know the fish have a conspiracy against me. I'll tell you why. Because I went on this fishing trip. I caught nothing as usual. And then they had this little place that you could go, which was affectionately called the loser pond. Have you been there before? Now, it really wasn't called that, but that's what I called it. The loser pond is for all of us who can't catch fish, and they cram all these fish into this little pond, and you get to throw your line in there, experience catching one of those things. There's no way you're going to miss. You know how long I sat at the loser pond? I was there for about 40 minutes. Everybody's pulling their fish. This is great. I'm like, they're having meetings down there. They're eyeing me. I saw the little fish eyes looking at me. Well, anyway... So I went on the lake last Friday, and uh, I caught some fish. So anyway, I'm, the curse has been removed, and I'm feeling a little better about my... I don't even know why I told you that. Anyway, and the pillars of Egypt will be crushed. Pillars could be pointing to political structures. Notice that we've just looked at the economy of Egypt. Now we're going to look at the political structure of Egypt. The economy is hit. The pillars of Egypt will be crushed. All the hired laborers, I want you to see how this connects to the economy, will be grieved in soul. Why would hired laborers be grieved? No work. What do you do? The princes of Zoan are mere fools. The advice of Pharaoh's wisest, and of course Egypt was known for its magicians and quote-unquote wise men, Advisors have become, don't you love this, stupid. (laughs) That's a biblical word. How can you men say to Pharaoh, I am the son of the wise, a son of ancient kings? Well then, where are your wise men? Remember, Paul asked that question in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, Please let them tell you and let them understand. Now notice how this turns. What the Lord of hosts has what? purposed against Egypt. God says, tell your wise men to look at the economy, to look at the demoralized people, the demoralized economy, to look at the things happening, uh, what we would call uh, natural disasters, and take a look at it. And let your wise men decide whether or not you need to look a little deeper than just trying to figure out why this may have happened in terms of a natural occurrence. Take a look. Because you may see that the hand of the Lord has turned against you and he's trying to get your attention. Pray tell, let me ask you a question. How do you think God would get the attention of a people short of opening the heavens 
or bringing a prophetic message through a voice of a person or in some cases a donkey if you've read the Old Testament, right? How would God get a message across to us? When we, when we are asking a question about someone that's done us wrong, perhaps we've done business with a, a person that's dishonest, or a, we've given to a ministry and we realize, you know what, we've been ripped off. We normally say, you know what, the only way to get a message across to those people is hit them where it hurts. And where does it hurt? Well, you'd say, well, don't give them any more money then. Don't invest with them anymore. Don't do business with them anymore. Don't give to their ministry anymore. Hit them where it hurts and maybe they'll get the message. Well, folks, I don't think that we should think that that's outside of the realm of how God might work. That God might say, you know what? I'm going to send some messages to these people and say to them, you know what? You might want to look a little deeper. You might want to look at the crisis of your nation because notice, brothers and sisters, Bible students, this is not against Israel. See, we want to be careful as students of the Bible and say, look, we've got to be careful when God speaks to Israel. We don't want to take that as we're the covenant people and America is that nation that's no, but... This is not Israel. This is who? Egypt. And Egypt is a type, a picture in the Bible of what? The world. Therefore, there is precedent to say God can do this. And God challenges. He taunts the wise men. Hey, he says to them, if I could paraphrase, don't they understand that the Lord has purposed something against Egypt? The princes of Zoan have acted foolishly. The princes of Memphis, which was Egypt's ancient capital, are deluded. Those who are the cornerstone, that would speak probably of prophets, priests, and political leaders of her tribes, have led Egypt astray. And I think God's saying when political leaders and priests and prophets lead people astray, then God intervenes by showing that he will not bless a nation that is going astray. So he may do some things to say to that nation, take another look at your foundations. Take another look at your leadership. The Lord has mixed within her, that is Egypt, a spirit of distortion. They have led Egypt astray. This is an indictment that God made on the prophets of uh, uh, the uh, teachers of Israel, at least those who were ungodly. In all that it does, as a drunken man staggers in his vomit. Now, you want to get a word picture? (laughs) You can't get any more graphic than that. God's saying, he's going to give a spirit of distortion. Uh, They have led the, the nation astray in all that it does. You know, what can a drunken man do? What can he accomplish? other than staggering in his vomit. <laughs> I mean, that's where, that's the end of it, isn't it? I mean, if, if you guys, we, we probably would all make a confession that maybe we all had some party days, sometimes when we didn't do things correctly. Not all of you, but a good portion of you. Because I've heard some of your testimonies, and I know I'm not alone, right? I remember Bill Cosby did a... <laughs> He did this routine, and he talked about how, to put, put it bluntly, how dumb people can be. He said they come to the end of their work week, and they say to themselves, I've earned this. 
And they drink, and they drink, and they drink, and they drink, and they drink. It's party time. It's Friday. It's drink, and we drink, and drink, drink. And then something inside of them, their stomach says, stop drinking. But they drink, and they ignore it. And they end up at a porcelain god. Right? And things just lock, and, and they throw up. That's the end. That's where it leads you. And, and he kind of mocks it in saying, you know, you deserve this. You deserve this. And there you are. And people open the door and you say, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. And there you are, hugging a toilet. And as Cosby put it, I'm quoting, and you put your face in a place that was not meant for your face. <laughs> See, that's where it leads you. That's where that lifestyle and those decisions. Now, those aren't the things that come to your mind when you're talking about all those good times that you had. You remember when, yeah, oh, well. See, it doesn't always end the way the beer commercials tell you. Hmm. And there will be no work for Egypt. NIV says there is nothing Egypt can do which its head or tail, its palm branch or uh, bulrush may do. doesn't matter which way they look, to the head, to the tail, it's, it's a problem. Now you're going to see a series of in that day, and I think the majority of scholars who look at this will say it leads to the day of the Lord or the return of the Lord and the then subsequent millennial period, the thousand-year reign of Christ. And I want you to mark the in that days. You're going to see, I think, at least five of them. In that day, the Egyptians will become like women. Wow. And they will tremble. (laughs) Sorry, ladies. (laughs) And be in dread. I'm just reading the Bible. No emails. Because of the waving of the hand of the Lord of hosts, which he is going to wave over them. In that day, and we think here the day of the Lord, the Egyptians will become weak. They will not be these stout warriors. You know, it says in 1 Peter 3 that ladies are the weaker vessel. Now, ladies, let me clarify. What that really means, the sense that Peter's trying to get across is that women are feminine. They don't have as broad of shoulders as we do as guys, and we need to protect them and take care of them. They are the feminine one, feminine one, and they're weaker. Both emotionally, they're a little bit more sensitive emotionally. And all the men said, amen. And, and weaker physically. And one pastor said, if you want to prove that out, arm wrestle your wife. You should win. And the pastor added, and if you don't win, you are pathetic. So, in that day... <laughs> Five cities in the land of Egypt will be speaking the language of Canaan. I take that as Hebrew. And I, I'm not sure if the five is to be taken literally. You can wrestle with that. And they will be swearing allegiance. So once again, find in the judgment of the Lord a remnant who turn. They will swear allegiance to the Lord of hosts. And one will be called the city of destruction. This is a, a potentially a play on words. There was a city of the sun in uh, and they're in Egypt, and it was called Helopolis. And there's a Hebrew word that's very close to it, which can translate to destruction instead of sun. So it may be a play on words. And 
In that day there will be an altar, 19, to the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt and a pillar to the Lord near its border. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. I think the majority of scholars who look at this will say it leads to the day of the Lord or the return of the Lord and the then subsequent millennial period, the thousand year reign of Christ. And I want you to mark the in that days. You're going to see, I think, at least five of them. In that day, the Egyptians will become like women. Wow. And they will tremble. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. <laughs> and be in dread. I'm just reading the Bible. No emails. Because of the waving of the hand of the Lord of hosts, which he is going to wave over them. In that day, and we think here the day of the Lord, the Egyptians will become weak. They will not be these stout warriors. You know, it says in 1 Peter 3 that ladies are the weaker vessel. Now, ladies, let me clarify. What that really means the sense that Peter's trying to get across is that women are feminine. They don't have as broad of shoulders as we do as guys, and we need to protect them and take care of them. They are the feminine one, feminine one, and they're weaker both emotionally, they're a little bit more sensitive emotionally, and all the men said, amen, and, and weaker physically. And one pastor said, if you want to prove that out, arm wrestle your wife. You should win. And the pastor added, And if you don't win, you are pathetic. So, in that day, five cities in the land of Egypt will be speaking the language of Canaan. I take that as Hebrew. And I'm not sure if the five is to be taken literally. You can wrestle with that. And they will be swearing allegiance. Once again, find in the judgment of the Lord a remnant who turn. They will swear allegiance to the Lord of hosts, and one will be called the city of destruction. This is a, a potentially a play on words. There was a city of the sun in, uh, in, there in Egypt, and it was called Helopolis. And there's a Hebrew word that's very close to it, which can translate to destruction instead of sun. So it may be a play on words. And in that day, there will be an altar, 19, to the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt, and a pillar to the Lord near its border. And it will become, 20, a sign and a witness to the Lord of hosts in the land of Egypt. For they will cry to the Lord because of oppressors. And he will send them, would you notice? A savior and a champion. And he will deliver them. Did you know that right now, A spiritual revival is taking place in Egypt. And today, 
There are over 2 million followers of Jesus Christ in Egypt. And the Lord is moving in the Middle East, and we don't hear reports on the mainstream news media, but the Lord is moving in some of these regions. And people are talking about getting dreams and visions, and there are people open like they've never been before to the Lord. And it appears when the Lord pours out His judgment on these nations and the day of the Lord comes, there's going to be some kind of turning of a remnant of people. I don't know how this will work exactly, but the Lord is going to be their savior and champion, and he will deliver them. And it's amazing to me that the Lord becomes the deliverer of those from whom he delivered his people originally in the Exodus. And thus the Lord will make himself known to Egypt, 21. And the Egyptians will know the Lord in that day. And they will even worship with sacrifice and offering and will make a vow to the Lord and perform it. And the Lord will strike Egypt Striking, but healing. So they will return to the Lord, and He will respond to them and will heal them. Isn't it striking to you that we have an explanation of why sometimes the Lord strikes a land? Why does He strike a land? To heal the land. So, Whatever happens sometimes in our life, remember the Bible says, whom the Lord loves, he, he chastens or disciplines. That's right. But why does he do it? Well, he says in that very section, if we were illegitimate children, the Lord would pay no attention to us. But the Lord, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. And he does that so that we might be remedied and we might be healed and share in his holiness. Now notice the repetition. In that day, 23, we're almost done. There will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria, and the Assyrians will come into Egypt and the Egyptians into Assyria. The Egyptians will worship with the Assyrians. Remember, we started off by praying about every tribe, tongue, and nation. In that day, Israel will be the third party with Egypt and Assyria. Now remember, Israel is in unbelief. There are some Jews who believe, but as a nation, Israel is pretty much atheist, if not agnostic. They do not believe in the God of the Bible. There are some Orthodox who say they do, but very few do, and much, much fewer believe that Jesus is the Messiah. But in that day, the Egyptians and those from the region of Assyria and the Israelites who were supposed to be a light to all the other nations to reach the nations by God's presence in their land, they will worship together. They will be together blessing in the midst of the earth and whom the Lord of hosts has blessed, saying, and notice how this ends, blessed is Egypt, my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, my inheritance. How this ends is, the Lord calls Egypt his people, the ones that oppressed his people for 400 years. He says, they belong to me, the Assyrians belong to me, and Israel is my inheritance. And this language is language that's pretty much reserved throughout the Bible for the people of Israel or the saints of God. And now God is saying, the Assyrians are mine, the Egyptians are mine, because God made The earth is the Lord's and the people therein, the fullness thereof. Everybody who's ever been born, whoever lived, whether 
whatever your skin color may be, whatever your societal demographic may be, whatever, wherever you come from, whatever language you speak, you have been created by one God. And that one God from one man made a race of people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And he even set the boundaries of their habitation. And he did this, that they might reach out and grope for him, though he is not far from each one of us. He loves the world. God so loved the world's not just Corona, brothers and sisters. It's not Southern California, and it's not just the United States. God so loved the world. Six billion plus people he loves that he gave. And he loves you. And that's, I pray, why you're here tonight. Because his love has conquered you. Because maybe rivers have run dry and maybe you've looked to the wrong things and maybe some of these images really capture where you've been or where you are, but there's no place else to go. It only makes sense that if God made you, you are not going to find fulfillment in this life until you know Him. It only makes sense. He's put eternity in our hearts and when we come to know Him and then serve Him, I'll tell you what, He changes our lives from the inside out. Amen? You've been listening to Oracles Concerning Ethiopia and Egypt, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 18 through 19. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Walk in Truth is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we would love to connect with you. It's great to meet our listeners, and not everyone can visit the church here in Corona, California, although we recommend that you do. But either way, please connect with Walk in Truth on social media. Now here's Pastor Michael. Well, some people have wondered if Isaiah chapter 19 has been fulfilled in the last couple of years, and there's been debates about it, and is there a future fulfillment to Isaiah 19? Well, there certainly is in this respect. Um, If you take a look at the end of Isaiah chapter 19, The Lord of hosts has blessed, saying, Blessed is Egypt, listen, my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, my inheritance. Notice at the end of Isaiah 19, verse 25, Egypt, Assyria, and Israel are all called God's people, Israel, my inheritance. What does this tell us? That the God of the Bible is the God of the entire world. Every nation, the whole planet, every people group has its origins in the one creator, the God of the Bible. And the God of the Bible came down to us in the person of Jesus Christ to save people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation, and to bring us into redemption through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter where you've come from, what your ethnicity may be, your nationality may be, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Would you trust in him? Would you trust in the gift that God gave as Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins of the whole world? 1 John 2, verse 2. He loves you, my friend. That's why you're listening right now. Give him your heart. You say, Pastor Michael, how do I do that? 
He's a prayer away. If you're driving, keep your eyes open. But it's something like this. Lord Jesus, I am ready to say you are my king, my God, my savior, my shepherd. Would you shepherd me? Would you guide me? Would you lead me? I believe you died on that terrible cross for me. I believe that you rose from the dead and I'm trusting you as my Savior, my Lord, and my King. Please forgive me of my sin. Thank you for taking my punishment at the cross. I give you my life. I repent of my sin. And I ask you to make me your own. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you're a prodigal, I don't have to give you the prayer, I don't think. Come back home. Come back to your Father. He loves you. He's waiting for you to just say, Father, I come home. Start again. There's always hope in Christ. There's always mercies that are fresh every single day. You just need to come dip your cup in and he'll give you the living waters, my friend. Hey, if we can reach out to you in any way, reach out to us. You can reach out through the website, walkintruth.com. You can send us a note there or you can call 844-48-TRUTH during normal business hours, 844 48 Truth. Well, next time on Walk in Truth, we're going to get into a message called The Naked Truth. Yes, the prophet is asked to walk around naked in Isaiah chapter 20. You're like, say what? Well, it's true. And we're going to get in it, into it tomorrow right here on Walk in Truth. Hey, tell a friend about what you're hearing and we'll meet you here tomorrow. God bless you. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Isaiah chapter 20 called The Naked Truth. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.